Hi, and welcome to the 52nd episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher of iPhone Life. Each week, we bring to you the top tips, great gear, and best apps in the iOS world. And today, we have Sarah back with us. It's been a couple Yay, of episodes. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> And we have a great sponsor we want to tell you about, Audioblocks. David, <laughs> you want to do the honors? Yeah. So uh, Audioblocks is this great service where if you're doing any type of audio recording or video production, they have non-royalty-free uh, music, background noises, uh, sound effects, things like that, that really can take your production to the next level. So we actually use them in-house when we're doing our video production. And it can be really hard to find a song to use in the background that A, is illegal to use, B, is cost, is cost effective to use, and C, has just that right tone of kind of upbeat, but not too upbeat and not too distracting. So mm -hmm. Audioblocks has all kinds of options available for you for music like that, as well as for sound effects, audio loops, things like that. So really great service. Uh, go to audioblocks.com to check it out. They have a seven-day free trial for you, so you can see what it's like. Uh, or you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we'll have a link for you. Yes, in the show notes. And that's a good um, segue to tell you that if you want to see us mm -hmm. in the podcast, you also want to go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, because we have the video version of our podcast there. If you're finding us through uh, the iTunes podcast app or any other place you find podcasts, you'll just have the audio version. So. That's a good segue slash correction because <laughs> yeah. in the one of our recent podcasts, we had ear in, earbuds and we were talking about them as if everybody could see them. And we got some confused emails by, <laughs> from people who had streaming this podcast on iTunes. So if you are listening to this on iTunes, first of all, thank you. Second of all, if you want to see our faces, you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. Yes. And uh, we have some news items this week that we want to talk to you about. First of which is that the iPhone 8 rumors are, the latest iPhone 8 rumors are saying that the lightning port is going to be replaced with a USB-C. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. It's going to be annoying when I think about all of the stuff I have that has, you know, lightning connectivity, but I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I was expecting it. Yeah. First of all, let's talk about what a USB-C is right, for those yeah. people who aren't really that familiar. USB-C is basically the new version of USB. Hopefully you guys all know USB is it connects devices. It's a cord you can plug into to a device in a computer and it connects it. Uh, it's also what we use to charge our devices. And yeah, US it's been like the industry standard for a while for now. For years and years. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with it is two things. First of all, it's a bit bulky mm -hmm. on either end and it's not reversible. It only fits in in one direction, I which drives that. everyone crazy, uh, yeah. especially when you're trying to like reach around your computer and like find the right direction. And the bulkiness matters for an iPhone where the space is measured in millimeters and everybody cares about every little inch of space. And so in that sense, it's that's why Apple eventually switched from the 30 pin to the Lightning, which is an eight pin. Now, the USB-C is the new version of USB, which is A, reversible, and B, about the same size as yeah. the Lightning. And Apple made an interesting decision, which is on the Mac line, rather than having everything run through Lightning, 
the new MacBook Pro and the new MacBook have USB-C. And it's the only plug it has is a USB-C. And so Apple is doing this interesting thing right now where they're using USB-C for their Mac line and Lightning for their iPhone line. And so it makes a lot of sense because the reasons why they were using the Lightning are no longer uh, needed with the USB-C. Mm-hmm. But people are going to lose their minds, don't, don't you think? But I'm kind of excited. I... To watch people lose their minds? <laughs> um, well, yeah, obviously, because I'm a terrible person and I enjoy people suffering. But also because um, a lot of the Android phones are also going to USB-C. Yeah. And so... You know, you have a guest over, they're not cool, they don't have an iPhone, but you still like them, and they need to charge their phone, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're set. Yeah, this actually just happened to me. My nephew, who's 15, has an Android phone with USB-C, and his phone died, which was, like, the end of the world for him in the middle of a, like, family day without his phone. (laughs) He was to be a teenager, forced to spend time with family and not be able to ignore them with your phone. That's It was actually interesting to watch, like, his, he was having, like, a physical reaction to not having his phone. But, um, I, yeah, I hadn't really seen USB-C devices until, uh, Noah, our COO, got one of the new Mm -hmm. Macs. And also now my nephew. And I didn't realize how small it was. Like, it really looks basically like a lightning cord. Like, it's hard to tell the difference between a lightning and a USB-C. So in that way, I don't think it'd be, you know... I think the thing that I feel the downside of this is that it's not really a feature that people are going to be excited about. And if anything, like what happened with iPhone 7 is it was a big reason why people didn't want to get it, with changing the headphone jack. So, like... There better be a lot of features with a new iPhone that people are actually excited about. Well, to me, the feature is looking towards the big picture, which is what you guys are saying, that it's now creates an industry standard where computers and smartphones, both iPhone and Android, will all be running off the same plug. And there's a lot of benefits from that where you can... Uh, plug things in in different places. You can only have, you know, when you travel, you can carry one plug I mean, instead yeah. of two. Yeah, like when your Cords. charging cable inevitably dies, mm-hmm. those ones you get from Apple. Sorry, Apple, but they suck. Yeah. Like, now it's cool. It's like you don't have to order a new one. It's not like a disaster. Mm-hmm. You might have like a bunch. I mean, I have so many cables in my house that are not lightning just mm-hmm. from all of the different accessories I have. And if they were all USB-C... Like, that would be so handy. Well, and for example, I mean, one of the reasons I think people are going to lose their minds is that everybody just got headphones that are lightning cables at the end, and suddenly they're going to have to switch it to USB-C. But the flip side of that is headphone manufacturers had to make cables that only worked for iPhone. And you had to then have two versions of cable and be able to interchange them, whereas now... With the USB-C, especially the almost all new computers are going to have USB-C, you can actually get rid of the headphone jack everywhere, I think. You can have headphones that plug in to USB-C that you use across all of your devices, Android, iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, and everything else, and, and computers. So to, to It just honest, makes me yeah. want to go wireless, though. Yeah. Well, too, like, that's the thing is I basically have safe. gone wireless, and the only thing I use my really nice earbuds for, but they have the... That one that goes with a headphone jack because I just plug it into my computer at work and listen. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I'm fully wireless. I yeah. just want to make one quick point about this before we move on to our next topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's going to freak out about planned obsolescence. So whenever we talk about the headphones, I made this point. So I'm going to make it now and I'm going to make it again <laughs> when everybody freaks out. And that's this. Apple makes 70% of their revenue from the iPhone. The 
other category in the revenue stream, which includes Apple TV, Apple Watch, as well as all of their accessories, makes up 4% of the revenue. So Apple is not trying to change plugs on you to get you to buy more accessories. It doesn't make any business sense. So that's one of those, right. in my opinion, and I try not to defend Apple in times when I think they're not doing something correctly, but in my opinion, this is not an area where Apple's trying to pull a fast one on you to make more money. If they do make this change, it's despite the backlash because they think it's the right industry move. I think in the long run, it's definitely the right move. Mm -hmm. How likely do you think it is based on the rumors we've been Yeah, seeing? we're talking like it's totally <laughs> I, happening. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. For sure, take it with a grain of salt. But it makes so much sense yeah. that like, I mean, when we were talking about it pre-podcast, Sarah hadn't heard of it. And she goes, yeah, I expect that. Or did he say that live? Yeah. No, I'm I, I did say that. I said that just a few minutes ago. All right, yeah. But it does, we're also starting to get into the time where the rumors are more serious. Like we've been seeing a lot of out there rumors about the iPhone 8 over mm -hmm. the past, you know, ever since the iPhone 7 came out. But now we're starting to get into more reliable rumors. I would yes, say. but really not. I, I tend to take these rumors with a grain of salt until about two months or so before the announcement because that's when they start actually manufacturing and you get all the leaks out of China. Mm. I'm guessing they have not started manufacturing the, the iPhone 8 yet, which means either Apple strategically leaked this or somehow somebody got wind of it. But often it's people speculating as opposed to actually seeing devices. Yeah, they're speculating right. but acting like they know for sure what yeah. they're talking about. And okay. it's always like analysts think as if that's like a thing that they would know. Yeah, so at this point, who knows? Who but, knows? Yeah. But it's interesting. So our next news item has to do with Warren Buffett. Uh, mm -hmm. David, can you also tell us about this? I can tell you about <laughs> that. So Warren Buffett came out and announced recently that uh, his company, Berkshire Hathaway, has now purchased up about $17 billion worth of Apple stock. Uh, it's the third largest holding that they have. Uh, and Warren Buffett, he already did have some stock. He had some, but from what I read, he, the majority of this happened in January. <laughs> so he really purchased the majority of this in January. And of course, we don't tend to focus too much on Apple as a business and finance side. Right. But it's interesting because A, it's Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. and Warren Buffett still is holds a lot of sway and obviously is a very good investor. And B, it's interesting because we've had so much speculation about is Apple dead? You know, right. can they succeed as a company? Is there reign over? And the we've kind of gone back and forth with that in-house. I've written some articles arguing both sides of it really at this point. Um, but it's interesting to see somebody who's a really successful investor put their money where their mouth is and say, I think Apple has a strong future. He speculated that Apple would reach a trillion dollars in value. Uh, I think it's at like 780 million or 780 billion now or something like that. So he's expecting a lot of growth. Um, one thing that is interesting to me, uh, you know, from the financial side of it is that um, Apple trades at a PE of about 15, so price to earning ratio about 15, which is not really a very price to be very high growth stock. So it's interesting because everybody's freaks out if Apple doesn't have a huge growth quarter, but mm -hmm. a, a, tra a trading's earnings of 15 is not priced at a particularly high growth. So I do think that, I don't know that this means that Warren Buffett thinks Apple can release the next home run product. I think he thinks that it can outperform what it's priced at currently. Yeah, I like this is a bit of a counterpoint to all the doomsday yeah. you know, things that you hear. Exactly. Apple is up 17% year to date. So 
It's, it is doing well. Apple's alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to our tip of the week. Okay. Uh, so if you, if you don't know already, if you've been listening to our podcast, you do know about our tip of the day newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up. And by signing up, you get one tip delivered to your inbox every day that teaches you something cool you can do with your phone just in one minute. So it's not a big time investment, and it just helps you take your iPhone skills to the next level. So iphonelife.com slash daily tips. And our tip this week is how to tailor what access apps have to your personal information. And Mm. this is something, you know, when you download an app, a lot of times you get a few notifications where that app is asking for access to different, uh, like your microphone or your contacts, things like that. And if you go into settings, privacy, then you'll see a screen that has all of your different those different categories such as contacts, microphone, and when you tap that you'll see all the apps that have access to that one area. So it's a good idea just to go here. A lot of people, you know, haven't even done this and see what access you have granted and just make sure that it's what you would like to be granting. I will say yeah. that what happens to me is when I sign up for an app, you often you'll get a bunch of little like notifications that pop up right away. And sometimes I'm not the best at like, either I'm not the best at like reading them and I'll just push, okay, fine, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Or I won't know what the app is using that for. And so I'll say yes. And then I'll get into the app and let's say they're saying, can we track your location? And I'll think maybe they're using it for something useful. I'll mm-hmm. get into the app and realize that they don't use it for anything useful. And why do they need my location? And so it's nice to know where this stuff is so that you can change it if you I'm need to. I'm just laughing because I'm the opposite where I'm like, don't allow, don't allow, don't allow. And then I'm trying to use the app and yeah. like, it's not working because it doesn't have permission to do any of the things it needs to do. Yeah. So there's so. either way... It's a weird thing because they ask you up front and you mm-hmm. don't know until you start using the app how much they need it. So you can take Sarah's approach, say no to everything and know where to find it. Or you can take my approach and say yes mm-hmm. to everything and then go re-question that later. And my experience with this is that most apps aren't trying to trick you into giving away information unnecessarily. Yeah. So really the only thing that I found is that location. A lot of times apps don't need like I have a journaling app that can tell me where I am when I'm when I'm writing a journal entry and that's not something that I need it's just Mm -hmm. a little fun extra unless it's a navigation app in which case it does need your location right so a lot of times you know for me I end up allowing it because to use the full app Mm -hmm. you need those I mean one thing if an app is tracking your location that can be using data or battery right that might be a consideration, like privacy aside. Like if there's no reason not to, for privacy reasons, you might want to think about like, is this a worthy trade-off in terms of like battery and data usage? Definitely. I will say that this is one of the things that I really like about Apple over Android is that Apple's app uh, app store is a walled garden. In other words, in order to get onto the app store, Apple has to approve the app and they have to verify that they're following their strict policy and mm-hmm. some of it is annoying and is controversial because apple has control over what is allowed and is not allowed you're not allowed do- adult content things like that that can be controversial but what i like is in general that goes a long way towards curbing abuse of things like this mm-hmm. and so personally and i don't want to you know I'm, I'm reluctant to make a recommend a universal recommendation but personally i'm not overly concerned about privacy violations of my apps just like you were saying i tend to assume that if they want to use my mic, it's because they're going to have a voice dictation service. If they want to use my 
my location. It's because they're going to show me personalized data based on my location. So I don't think that there's, I think that, let's put it this way, I think it's a low risk of privacy abuse on these apps, but it's certainly not not a concern. Yeah, it's good to know where to look. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips. I also wanted to just address some responses we got from readers, from listeners, excuse me, from <laughs> our last episode. Uh, this is somewhat related because we talked about how to see how many apps you have mm-hmm. on your device. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wrote in telling us how many apps they had. Uh, how many did you have again, David? Now I have to double check. It was 334, I think. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you guys how to look so that if you didn't look last time, you feel free to email us again. What you do is you go into settings, you go to general, and you go to about, and then it Mm -hmm. tells you 323. I was pretty close. What did I say? 324. Oh, I must have deleted an app. (laughs) So I had 323, so we issued a challenge to see, do people have more than I have? We got a bunch of people around the 300 level. We got two people above that. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to read out Hal, who founded iPhone Life. Hal Goldstein, <laughs> founder of iPhone Life magazine, has, not surprisingly. 720 apps <laughs> on his phone. Jason Harris has 498. Kareem, 384. Rich, 381. And Steve at 331. And that beats, I had about 100. That's where I am. What, yeah. This is what shocked me. I just assumed that everybody who worked at iPhone Life had <laughs> the same problem that I had, which is you download a ton of apps to check it on, and then you don't really remember to delete them. You guys are so good about deleting. I know. I think it, I used to have a low storage phone, and uh, now I have a, yeah. yeah. So it's a habit of mine to delete apps I'm not using, but I'm realizing there's, you know, it is nice to have them there, and I have plenty of storage, so. I don't know. I, I still don't like having apps that I don't use. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think just preference. about everyone on our editorial team had between 90 and 100. Mm-hmm. But I think if I went and looked at all the apps I've ever purchased, yeah. I'd have many times more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Both that was, I, I couldn't find a way to look that number up. That was going to be my next challenge just to have people Probably look at Probably in it. iTunes on your computer. Oh, maybe. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. But if you, if you can beat, what's the number, 720? Yeah, 720. If you can beat 720... Uh, email us at podcast at iphonelife.com or just let us know. We liked, we loved hearing from all of you guys, even the yeah, ones that, that didn't fun. beat me. Uh, and one tip, I think I said this last time, but if you're like me and you have a ton of apps on your phone, one easy way to navigate is to use the search functionality. So rather than trying to find the phone buried in your, uh, find the app buried in your folders or like on your fifth or sixth screen, uh, you can just search for the app that you want. So if you're either on the home, from any screen, if you swipe down, or if you're on the home screen, you swipe to the right, and it takes you to your widgets page with the search. Either of those places is a place to easily search your apps, which is kind of what I do, which is why I have so many apps and don't worry about it is if I want to open up Facebook, I rather than going to the folder that I have it hidden in, thanks to our challenge, I have Facebook still hidden, <laughs> uh, I just swipe down and type in Facebook. I, Yeah, I took Facebook out of the folder, but since the challenge, I have that's how I open apps now. So the challenge, by the way, this was, if you're not a regular listener, we did a challenge where we removed apps that we found we were using unnecessarily and we hid them from ourselves. And so we've been, have you, we've, I've still been doing that. Have you guys? Yeah, I have been. Yeah. I feel like I hid apps that I actually needed and kind of messed up my life. (laughs) Yeah. I've rearranged a little bit, but for the most part, it's helped me out that uh, if you search for Tristan Harris, it was based off of 
his research uh, on our site, then you'll find that episode. We can relink to it too if you mm-hmm. just go to podcast, iphonelife.com slash podcast. Sarah also has a letter from one of our listeners that she's going to read to us. Um, right, yeah. So, hi guys. Meant in the non-gender specific sense. <laughs> Which we all loved. Thank you. I know. <laughs> First, love the podcast. My vote is to go back to 60 Minutes. Anyone who claims one hour of content is too much for a bi-weekly podcast doesn't value your work. I do. So let's pause. Thank you very much. Yeah. And feel free to email us either way. Well, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm not going to be heard if you like our half-hour format. Yeah, so don't... we've heard from a couple people saying they like the half-hour I'd too, say so. we've heard from more people saying they like the half-hour than the hour. But send us an email. Let us know what you think. Podcast at iPhoneLife.com. All right. And then he goes on to say... If you want some input on your upcoming productivity content, I'm willing to help. I've been through so many email, calendar, and reminder apps. I don't care for Fantastical. If you haven't tried Calendars 5, you're really missing out. It's great. Natural language input incorporates reminders. They call them tasks. Calendars visible daily, weekly, monthly. The daily view can be set to also list tasks due that day. It's $6.99 for the app. It works on iPhone, iPad, and really looks beautiful. I know you'd think I work for Riedel, which I don't. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the app developer. Yeah, so I've heard really good things about Riedel. And he went on to say that they also have an email service that they have on Mac and on uh, iPhone. What's it called? Spark? Spark, yep. So uh, thank you for the feedback. I haven't checked out the calendar app. So tell us one more time what that calendar app was called. Calendars 5. Yeah, awesome. and I actually, I wanted to add just a question for Stu, which I'll email him back <laughs> as well. This is from Stu. Um, is why does he like Calendars 5 better than Fantastical? Because for the productivity issue, which is our upcoming summer 2017 issue of the magazine, we're uh, researching productivity apps because it's our productivity issue. And so I've been trying out different apps. Fantastical has actually been a favorite of mine. And I haven't tried Calendars 5, so I just wanted to find out from him what what he likes better about it. Because they have a lot of the same features. Mm -hmm. The ones that he mentioned, Fantastical for Calendars 5, also apply to Fantastical. So So thank you, Stu. And I think we should make this our question of the week. Uh, We're working on a productivity issue. Uh, Normally, we do most of our research in-house. But what apps are you guys using for productivity? Uh, And we Mm -hmm. will be happy to feature you in our podcast and also uh, feature the app in our magazine. So... Definitely feel free to reach out. We always love the emails, podcast at iphonelife.com. Great. Now let's move into our insider question of the week. iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription, and this is how you can really master your iPhone and iPad with in-depth video guides, a video version of our daily tips, also a digital subscription to our magazine and access to our full archive, and of course, ask an editor where you can send in your questions and Sarah will help you out. So one of our insiders has a question that uh, that they sent in to Sarah recently that she's going to share. But go to iphonelife.com slash insider if you're interested in subscribing. Okay, so this insider wants to know how to copy pictures that someone sends them in the messaging app and send them another way, say, in email. And um, the easiest way is you can either copy the picture or you can save it. Um, copying it, you just... It, it, you start out the same way. You just press and hold on the picture in the Messenger app and a menu will pop up and I think it's like a copy, save, and more because you can also just tap on more and like forward it or whatever. But um, I, you can copy it and then just go to your email and just 
you know, again, press and hold and a menu will pop up and you can just paste. Um, I prefer actually to save it because that is just an easier way to share it in all sorts of ways and say you want to share it again later. Um, so instead of selecting copy, select save and then in your email, um, you can again press and hold and the menu will come up and you'll probably have to press more and then you'll see the option to insert photo or video. Um, but you can also then share it from within the Photos app. Uh, you know, just tap on the picture and press the share icon, which is a little rectangle in the bottom left corner with an arrow going up. And then you can share it to email, you can share it in another message, you can share it to like Dropbox, whatever you have set up as your sharing options on your phone, um, you can do. And that's why I prefer saving it and also sharing it from the Photos app generally. One of the things that I struggle with sometimes, and I'm guessing this might actually be what's happening to him, with Apple's 3D Touch, if you 3D Touch a picture that's in a text message, it'll pop it into right. the photo view. Whereas if you just tap it and hold it, it brings up a menu with a copy. So what right. the thing to remember, and this is true for copying text too. Yeah, you're not even really tapping or pressing. You're just basically putting your finger that's on it and how leaving I remember. it there. If you, if you press, you're going to end up 3D touching by accident. It's really <laughs> easy to do. So if that happens to you, you know what's happening is that you're 3D touching. And so instead, you just put your finger and you hold it on the phone without pressing. <laughs> and then it'll pop up the menu that has the copy button. It's a little confusing and weird. Yeah, but and that's a really important difference and I'm glad you yeah. brought it up because I wasn't even thinking of it but it is really annoying to like 3D touch it's something really when you're trying to do something to else. Do. I do yeah. it yeah. all the time. Now with 3D touch you have to be very specific with the wording. <laughs> yeah. Pressing just yeah. gently. Yeah. So iphonelife.com slash insiders where you can go uh, and as you can see if you have an issue that's stumping you and you can't easily find an answer insider is a great way to get those specific questions answered. Mm -hmm. uh, so now we're moving into Apple complaints and learning of the week. Uh, where we discuss different issues that we're having or new things we've learned. Do you guys have anything to share? I do. You want to go first, though? Um, I, somebody, okay, I'm just going to go. Yeah, you guys are it. just sitting we're here. Stalling. We're all overly uh, gracious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recently blocked someone in my Messages app, and then, because they also have an iPhone, I got an iMessage from them on my computer, oh. and that was really annoying. Now, I realize it probably has something to do with, I probably don't have my contacts synced with my computer or something, because you actually like block the contact, mm -hmm. but I really was annoyed by that. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you block someone, then I just want that to like, and yeah, I'm sure it's my fault, but it was annoying. Like when you block someone, it's usually an emotional thing and yeah. you, you don't want to hear from them. Yeah, it takes a yeah. lot to get to a point where you're going to block somebody. So I think, I mean, well, the two things... Well, you're clearly not on Tinder as much as I have been. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the two things there is if you do block somebody, you know, if your contacts are synced, maybe that'll work, but maybe go check your Mac just right. to be sure because you can go into contacts and re-block them, I'm assuming, in your Mac. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how to do it this time, um, oh, but I have done it in the past because okay. this is a recurring issue. Uh, that's annoying. So I just have to remember how to do it. Okay, so I think there is a way. I'm assuming if you go into your contacts app on your Mac, it'll work. But I yeah, but probably have to the solution that. is to sync my contacts to my Mac, and then mm -hmm. I'll only have to block them once. Mm -hmm. What I, about you, David? I have another text message related one. Um, so what I do a lot of times with, with my email is I will leave a message unread, even if I've read it, so that I can see that I haven't responded to it yet. 
So if I'm reading my email and I'll get to one and I'll read it, I'm like, oh, I need to respond. Sometimes rather than flagging it, because I'm not very good about clearing out my flags, as we've discussed, uh, <laughs> I will mark it as unread so that then when I'm skimming my email later, I get to it. Well, on text message, there isn't a way to mark a message as unread. So what you can do if you have a phone that's compatible with 3D Touch is you can peek into the message and preview it if you know that you don't you have do time. this time you do want to press. <laughs> yes, this time it is a 3D Touch. But you can peek into it and preview it if you know that you don't have time to respond. And then it'll show up as still being unread so that later you can go back and scan which ones you have unread. This is also a useful tip if, you're, if you have read receipts on uh, but you don't want somebody to see that you've read it. Which, do you guys have read receipts? I think we've no, been down this road before. Uh, I have them on for my kids, so they know. Oh, you can I've do got... read receipts for a specific person. Yeah, right. Ooh, yeah. That's an iOS I didn't 10 know tip. this. Yeah. Wow. For specific conversations. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, if for example your kids text you and you don't want them to know that you saw it, <laughs> you can peek into it. <laughs> yeah, I like that because I always look at text messages and I'm like, sure, I'm going to remember to respond later, but then yeah, I don't. Yeah, I never do. So, yeah. yeah. And I taught you guys last week or last podcast how you can, uh, if you hit edit, you can mark all uh, messages as read. So if at some point you've been doing this technique and you have a bunch of messages that are unread, but you actually have responded or don't care anymore, you can mark all of them as read at some point down the road. Hmm. So mine for the week is also text messaging related, and that is a complaint that Apple should allow you to schedule text messages. We recently mm. got a, an email from one of our readers who said that a lot of Samsung phones allow you to schedule texts and how great that is, and why doesn't the iPhone allow you to do the same thing? And I had recently just been having a conversation with my mom where we were saying the same thing, that a lot of times we'll wake up really early in the morning with the idea to text someone but you don't want to like, you know, some people keep their notifications on. You don't want to wake them up in the middle of the night. So it'd be great to be able to schedule that because you, a lot of times it'll, you'll lose it later. You'll wake up later in the day and be tired and not think of it again. So yeah, I pre iPhone many, many years ago, I had a phone that let me schedule texts and it's like you wake up at three in the morning, you remember someone's birthday, you just like compose the text, schedule it, and then... On their birthday, they get it, and you seem like a good friend, mm -hmm. even though you've right. totally forgotten their birthday again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a capability that's been around for a long time. Why doesn't Apple do it? I have a theory. Okay. Uh -huh. Because it would make it possible to send spam messages more easily. Mm, mm. That could be. Yeah, because what I was going to ask, and you said you researched this a little bit, there isn't an app out there that it's, lets you do this? It's been a few years since I researched it. Okay. Um, but at the time, there wasn't. There could be no. So that we'll get back to you on the next podcast, whether there's an app out there that does this. Right. And you're going to research it, right, David? I'm going to research it. I'll get back to you. <laughs> so last but not least, we have our best apps and gear section. And I think I'm just going to hog the Yeah, you're yeah, nominated this week. With our new half-hour format, we're, uh, we're having to <laughs> cut a few corners here and there. So this is, this is Donzy time. It's Donzy time. <laughs> this is my work nickname and life nickname so <laughs> that's where that came from mm -hmm. so my first one is doctor on demand this is an app that i just discovered uh, on a recent trip to florida and it's an app that lets you have a, a facetime consultation with a doctor and it costs 49 dollars. you just download the app the app is free to download let me clarify um and then you can pay $49 per visit and c consult with the doctor for many like general issues 
Um, I mean, if it's something more complicated, you're going to have to go and get that you need an exam, you're going to need to go in. But for your common cold and flu, or if you want to talk to a therapist or, you know, a lot of different things, you really can get that service over the phone. Um, And so I tried this out. The whole transaction took like 15 minutes from downloading the app and entering my information and then talking to a doctor. And it would have been a big inconvenience to have to like find a walk-in clinic Mm -hmm. somewhere and spend several hours doing that. And so if if you're on vacation or if you like have kids that are sick and need to get a doctor's note or something like that, it just seems so such a great thing. And I can't believe I didn't know about it. No, I didn't know about it either. And like you said, so much stuff can go wrong when you're on vacation. And it's really a hassle to deal with. I've definitely had this happen to me before. So I come from a family of doctors so <laughs> i have this service for free but if you don't Good. i know that but it's so awesome. really definitely for a practical you. service yeah um my one complaint is that it says that it accepts insurance um you know a lot of a lot of insurance will charge you a 50 dollars copay anyway mm-hmm. so you might not want to bother but mine is a 30 dollars. so i tried to enter in my insurance and there was an error message and it didn't work oh that's mm-hmm. annoying so and they did say that's a newer feature and they only support some providers so but one thing that's nice too is you kind of know what the cost is going in yeah so like because if you find a walk-in clinic they can just like charge you whatever yeah so yeah 50 bucks is reasonable it is reasonable and the doctor was really nice too that's good (laughs) yeah so it was pretty cool um my other app this week is spark which we talked about earlier in the episode and uh, this is a mail app. It's also by Riedel, the one that makes Calendars 5 that Stu was so crazy about <laughs> <laughs> and that we want to learn more about. Um, but Spark, really the feature that I've been enjoying is Smart Inbox. It uh, will section off your inbox into emails that are directly from people that are in your contact list. And you'll see those at top. Then it'll show you your newsletters in a different Smart Mailbox and notifications So like if you have a credit card payment due in a separate inbox. So those are the things you get notifications for and see, you know, you also can tailor your notifications. But those are the things you see when you open the app or you can go into each of your accounts and see the full thing. But it is nice. It makes it more efficient for you. Are you liking it better than the standard Apple Mail app? The only thing I don't like, I like some of these smart features, but there's a handing over of control a little bit. Yeah, I struggle with that too, because they don't always get it right, and then you're not, then you have to kind of go and re-figure out when they sorted something in the wrong folder. Yeah, I like it overall though, because I'm usually not doing my really thorough mail checking on my phone anyway. Mm -hmm. For desktop, I want to just make sure I don't miss anything. But for this, if I just want to quickly see if anything new came in, I'm finding it pretty useful, especially since I do get so many emails from my work address. It's nice to have it sorted. Gotcha. So I don't know. It's It's been like two weeks that I've been using it, so I'll have to get back to you guys to see if I continue long term. Well, but it is an innovative feature, I think. One thing that's nice, and it's nice because, first of all, Gmail does this automatically in their app, and they do a great job of it. But if you don't have Gmail and, and you've gotten used to this, it's nice because it applies to other email addresses. Yeah. But they just came out with a Mac app as well. Mm. So now you can kind of have it across all of your platforms if you mm. use Mac. And if that way, if you get used to using their system, you Spark, can have it. Spark, you're saying, yeah. Mac app? Yeah, they oh, just okay. came out with it. Nice. Do any of you guys use Spark? I downloaded it on Mac. I opened it up on Mac. 
And then I never used it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a story of so many apps. I know. <laughs> All right, so this concludes our 52nd episode of the iPhone Life podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening along. Mm -hmm. uh, if you please go to iphonelife.com slash podcast to see the video version if you want. iphonelife.com slash daily tips to get our free daily tips that you can learn something cool in just a minute every day. And iphonelife.com slash insider to get our premium subscription and really master your iPhone with in-depth guides. And don't forget, first of all, if you like this podcast, go please go subscribe. It makes a difference uh, mm -hmm. on your iTunes app or your podcast app. And second of all, send us an email and let us know what productivity apps you really like and use, and especially for calendars, because Stu gave us a good one, and we'd like to see what you guys are up to. So podcast at iphonelife.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. <laughs>